Hey everybody, it is Under the Dome Radio, episode number 61. It's reaction cast time to Ejecta. I had high hopes when I started it. They flew out and came right back, just like the Ejecta of the comments themselves. But we'll get into that. Thank you for joining us here at Under the Dome Radio. Thanks again for joining us on Under the Dome Radio. I'm at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan. And yep, it is true. If you need any professional voiceovers for your business, your video projects, or even your own podcast, just let me know. I'd love to work with you. And details, as Troy would like to say, are at MediaVoiceOvers.com. Except that nobody's going to be able to use your services because the entire world has come to an end. And anybody that can use your services is trapped underneath a giant flaming bubble. Well, that kind of sucks. I got a quick question for you as we start off this evening. Do you remember that time when everything froze? <laughs> yes. Like, I, I was almost waiting for, like, if you play one of those RPG games where you have, like, ice beats fire and fire beats earth and earth beats lightning or whatever it all is. Right. Like, like why couldn't the dome be frozen? And then the fire would have came, melted it, cracked, it would have all been good. Oh, genius, Troy. Genius. It, it would have been like someone went to Wisconsin Dells when it all melted. Oh, Wisconsin Dells, a beautiful, beautiful place. But I'm going to start right off with a positive. And my favorite, actually probably my favorite little snippet from the entire season of Under the Dome is when Julia's is ro- roaming around with Big Jim and says, pink stars. And Big Jim says, don't start with that crap again. Well, you know, this is the first time in the entire season that we actually had pink stars falling. It's about freaking time. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> And when Big Jim said that line, it just reminded me of the first airplane movie when the overhead announcements at the airport kept saying, you know, the white zones for loading and unloading only. Oh, Jim, don't start with your white zone crap again or whatever the exact lines were. But uh, Big Jim, great line. Well, I'm going to say a positive as well. Okay, so I'm ready. I had two things, two that I wanted to accomplish in this entire series after reading the book. Number one. I wanted to see the apple orchard in a cool radioactive fog. And number two, I wanted to see humans get barbecued by 10,000 foot high flames. And guess what, people? We got one. One (laughs) of the two so far. That means I got six episodes to get the other one. It's amazing that we got that much. I mean, let's just say those big fireballs and all of that other action. That's the best. The best. Well, here, so this is my first question, and this might be the dome-provoking question for this episode. Okay, fling it on us. Where did the impact come from that made the 10,000-foot flames, and why was it so, like, perfect that it was coming into the dome? <laughs> it was like, like, the dome is the center, so how do you right. drop a meteor somewhere to have the flames, like, it's almost like, it hits at this part of, you know, if you had a circle, right? You right a sphere. Right. If it hits at this part of the sphere, then it literally went, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's like the, the other, like if you dig through the dome to the other side, like you dig into China, if you're in the United States or whatever, if you if you dig through, are you going to find the impact crater on the other side where this giant meteor hit that caused these flames? You know, that's an excellent question. And I do not think there is a legitimate answer for that one anywhere. 
And my question that goes along with that same scene is why does Super Babs assume that everybody in the entire world is now dead except for the precious, perfect little people in Chester's Mill under the dome? I mean, you saw giant flames, so obviously there's been people destroyed somewhere. But he's assuming right off the bat that billions of people are dead. Well, you know, (laughs) there's at least one person that's alive. The question is... Are they from outside the dome or are we picking up an Acteon signal from inside the dome from a character we have not yet met this season? It's not Penny's boat. <laughs> it's not Penny's boat. I'm waiting for a kid to come out from underneath the sack of potatoes. Oh, that'd be epic. <laughs> uh, the, and, book, the book people are loving this episode. That's all I'm saying. This, I think this is one the book people have been waiting for. If you're a book fan, you're like, yes, this is the book. This feels like the book although flipped, but it, it feels much like the book because the rest of this episode, like I said it out, like you talked about what ejecta is, right? Ejecta is, you know, stuff that fell into the earth that got shot back up and then it's coming back down again. Well, that was my hopes. My hopes were really high and then the meteor hit and my hopes went whoop, up into the air and then the episode ended and the hopes came back again because we got to do the podcast. Troy, what was that sound effect again? Oh, okay. Because I thought you were going to do something along the lines of. Yeah, not like that. Not no, like that's that. a whole different sound. It means a whole different thing. And I wish the bubble of- would have popped and then the whole flames could have <laughs> taken out the people that were in the kinship. <laughs> Save us. But, you know, speaking of meaning, I don't know what this might mean, Troy, but, you know, the windows in that room where Babs and Eva in near the beginning and things were getting a little freaky in there, you know. The windows in that room, they sure resemble the Asian folding screen, the screen uh, room partition that's right behind me right now. Do you see it? Do you, do you see the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yes. I, I, I wondered if they actually borrowed it from you <laughs> and that it was actually going to be used in the show tonight. It was I, so I, gracious of you to use set props. Well, you know, they're trying to cut corners and save budget. But, you know, I'm thinking that maybe this Asian screen divider right behind me is some sort of portal that if I wanted to... I could go through it and appear right in Chester's mill under the dome. You could do that, but you have to shrink yourself down like Ant-Man style and be able to squeeze through one square of that screen in order to get through. (laughs) There might even be more than 19 squares on there. I'm not sure. So obviously we are full of emotion this evening towards this episode. Oh my, oh my. (laughs) Do you, do you like the explanation? It's because we have emotion that we can fight back. Like it? Don't okay. like it? What are your thoughts? Without being over dramatic or anything along those lines, I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, I know there were people that were totally upset in the original War of the Worlds movie when that came out that the explanation for, you know, the Martians being able to be defeated was just because of basically the human cold was oh, able to defeat them. Right. Yes, but but emotions, that's even worse. What the heck? Well, I I, want to give myself props because I said I think it was on the last full episode that the reason why Joe wasn't part of the group from the get go was because of the fact that he had not forgiven Sam by not touching Mm. and shaking his hands in the jail cell. So I was actually on the right track, but it had to do something with, you know, emotionally connecting with somebody else. So it just, in this case, it wasn't the fact that they had to have the connection. It's the fact that they just had to have emotion period. Womp womp. 
Which means Barbie should be now disconnected, right? Because Barbie was like, oh my oh gosh, boy. the people, we have to save the people. You know, out of all of the people trapped under the dome in Chester's Mill, only one man, one super Barbie cares enough to try to help those poor saps that are trapped outside the dome. Well, I think Big Jim and Julia would have tried to help as well, but they couldn't leave the island because then they get killed by the kinship. No, don't leave the island. Oh, no, you said it. Kinship. And how about the fact that after last week's episode, we thought Hunter was dead, but no, Hunter's not dead after all. And now instead of wanting to die, he wants to live again. And thanks to the biggest coincidence of the week, you know, Uncle Sam happened to have those oxycodone pills with him to help with Hunter's pain. But now Hunter wants to help the kinship again, and it's all due to him being emotional. So speaking of emotions, wow, that was great. (laughs) Not. (laughs) And I have to wonder, those oxycodone pills, is it the emotion that was really taking place? And because he didn't feel the pain, didn't feel the fear, like they were saying, I still think the oxycodone pills, if Christine was really running to distillery, were laced with some of that oxy, uh, what, I can't remember now, oxycodone, oxytocin. oxytocin. Remember, but, I say oxy, you say tocin. tocin yes. It's also what I put in my wash, apparently, when I want to get better whites. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they will clear things right up. Let me tell you, Troy. <laughs> and how about in the scene? I, I kind of like the scene, though. A lot of the dialogue was not very well done. You know, we've got Big Jim sitting in the house or somewhere with uh, Julia Shumway. They share some hard liquor and they share some stories while watching the fires outside of the dome. And Julia, that's the point where she's reminiscing about the good old days when, wait for it, everything was frozen. So I thought Big Jim was going to start singing, let it go, let it go. But he did not. Don't talk about those pink stars again. Just let it go. No, no. <laughs> Don't start with that crap again. <laughs> you know, we, listeners, we need to hear your feedback on this episode. You've got to visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback and share your thoughts about what we just saw and where you think the rest of the season's going to go. And due to a lot of things that Troy and I are both up to over the next few days, our full discussion feedback episode's not going to be until Monday afternoon. So you've got all weekend to kind of ruminate on what you saw and what you heard to get your feedback in. So we'll give you a couple extra days this time, but uh, please get them in by what, uh, Monday at noon Eastern? Yeah, that'd be great. Monday, noon Eastern. And the best part is, is that just like a piece of meteorite, you can leave the television <laughs> set and come right back and watch it again a couple more times before Monday. So you can really get some good feedback in by giving us a call, too, at plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine. I mean, the the one thing that I keep <laughs> going back to on this episode is the time factor. I was like, OK, like Falling Skies did an episode of Walking Dead this week. Now, yes, they did. We have Under the Dome doing 24, I guess is the best thing I can come up with. Something along those lines. They wanted us to know what time it was for really no dang good reason. Did you like the concept of how they did it with the separate groups and the separate stories and having it kind of be chunked up in that manner? Were you confused at all by what time it was and what the heck was going on? I wasn't confused by what time it was and what was going on. I'm just confused by what the heck is going on. But that has nothing to do with how it was edited this week. And You know, at the top of the uh, podcast, we talked about the favorite part of the episode, maybe even of the whole season, was Julia and Big Jim talking about the, you know, the Pink Stars and all this stuff. Now to their worst 
discussion. I'm like, does this really need to be in here? You may know where I'm going. Julia says to Big Jim, is that the sun? And Big Jim says, no, it's coming from the wrong direction. Oh, man. And I That's was like, when we knew. It was already 830 at that point. Sun's been up for like two hours, man. Not in Chester's Mill. It's a magical place. That's true. They were filming this episode probably back in March or April when they were putting this one to bed. So yeah, the sun might have been up a little bit later. But anyways, the, the thing that really, I think, frustrated me about this episode was the whole time jumping thing. I think it would have been more prevalent to have everything just kind of flow in sequence because I felt the monologues of the individual groups just got a little bit long in the tooth. And I was like, okay, let's get to the barbecue. Come on, let's get to the barbecue. Hey, somebody's jumping out the window. Now it's exciting. Now let's get back to the barbecue. And then before any more people could jump out the window, of course they have to stop the action and we had to stop all the lemmings that were trying to impersonate the scientists in Alaska by jumping out off the roof of their building. And people are saved again for a little while. And I'm just thankful that all of mankind can be saved by emotions. Now, I I work in HR, and I have to say, I did learn one lesson tonight as it relates to HR. Oh, my. How Under the Dome helps you be a better HR professional? Let's hear this. You need to be a good manager for your people. Because if you're not a good manager for your people, you're responsible for all the suicides that will happen from your employees. (laughs) Don't have open windows on the second floor of the office building. No, do not. And don't let people just sleep in a bunch of bunk beds for no apparent reason. And then just wander out staring at the moon. And you know, I'm glad you learned a lesson. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if television can do one thing, it's be educational. And I actually learned something tonight. I also learned that the kinship is kind of like the pull. Can you feel the pull? Of the oh kinship, my. Barbie. Can you feel oh. my radiance coming off of my clothes as I take them off in the fire tower where Rusty and Linda probably got it on at one point in time? Hey, there it is right behind me, a souvenir prop from the filming of <laughs> Under the Dome right there. Uh, you know, first we had all the slimy goop in the first couple of episodes of the season, and now we got this. I don't know, but... But it gave me an answer. I was excited when she said, can you feel the pull of the kinship? I was like, oh, that's why they're looking at the moon. Because it's the pull of the tides as it has on the earth. Therefore, the moon gives them their sense of their pulling of the kinship, and it gives the kinship its power. Well, I can't wait till they have a total eclipse of the heart. Oh, Oh, snap. Oh, snap. (laughs) Now, it's kind of interesting. I know, listener, please give us a call at plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine, or visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback, because it was interesting. I think the scene went on way too long, but it was interesting near the end where Julia, speaking of emotions, is getting all hysterical, and understandably so, about all the doom and gloom thinking, you know, me and Big Jim, we're the last living humans that aren't, you know, part of the kinship. They're the last living humans on this entire planet. Would that get you hysterical or what? It totally did because I immediately went back to episode one and she's like, Big Jim, just kill us already or let us go. And he's like, I'm going to need you for repopulation. And I was like, it's come true. It's like the greatest thing they forecasted this exact scenario. For half a second, Sir Troy, I thought... There was going to be some sort of hug or a kiss in that scene. Oh, I was so waiting. I was like, that would have been epic. 
That would have been a screenshot. We could have come up with all sorts of word swags. And in fact, there's two scenes from tonight. I've already got really good word swags created. So I'm going to be posting those images over the next few days or so on Twitter, Facebook, and wherever. My screen grab is going to be Christine. Where's Sam? Give me Sam. I can't find him. Where is he? Oh, my goodness. It's only been one episode, and she's already sticking her hand out of the casket, cocoon, whatever. (laughs) I have to say, cinematography-wise tonight, I mean, we've always talked about the visual effects on Under the Dome being super, super awesome. Yeah, especially compared to some other TV shows that are on the air. Yes. The the staple of Amblin television is shoot as much as you possibly can in the dark. Oh, yes. yes. So that you can actually see how bad some of the stunt effects are. But I have to say, I really enjoyed the way that they shot the Junior and Sam scene with the whole, okay, now it's dark. And, oh, where are you, punch? Or are you, punch? Or are you, punch? It's like, you should have just had one of those like flashlights where you could just be like a pen. Theater of the mind. Yes, the, you know, the first few seasons of Falling Skies, the first, in fact, four seasons of Falling Skies, I had an older television that did not represent the blacks in the picture very well. So any nighttime scene on Falling Skies, which was a lot of them, I could not see a thing. Now I've got a newer TV and I can actually kind of see stuff happening in the dark. And this week's episode, especially with the blue tint and all that stuff happening at the in the night scenes, it very much... Who knows? That could have been a scene from Falling Skies just spliced in there. I don't know. Yeah. There are some scenes tonight that I say are good. There are some scenes tonight where I was like. (laughs) And then there are other scenes where I was like, man, such a disappointment because I was really hoping that we could have spent more time watching every single pink star just splatter on the dome. Like I wanted like we saw one hit in the middle of the air. We saw the big one hit on the outside. And it was like, I just wanted them to stand there for 20 minutes and just like light the sucker up, you know, that would have been epic. And I would have liked just for no reason at all, because a lot of stuff on under the dome does not need a reason. I would like to see Reverend Scoggins uh, back again, just m- miraculously. He's wandering around. Oh, you know, what would have been great. This is what would have been great is as all those people were standing outside waiting to be torched up is then have the ghosts all lined up there on the, on the dome wall too, like shaking their heads. Like, sorry, you couldn't do anything about it. Oh, the Do- ghost. Dodie could have past- been, been like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, that now that was one of the best scenes ever. <laughs> I th- at first I thought you meant the ghosts that you see at the end of the haunted mansion ride at Disneyland. No, but no, no you're talking about the ghosts of the people that have died on under the dome. May yes. they rest in peace. The dome ghosts. I Man. like, I, and that's the one thing we haven't seen yet this season. Where are the dome ghosts? I want some dome ghosts in these last six episodes. I think the new writers have forgotten that that was something that ever happened on this television show, because I would like to see some sort of like ghost or maybe just a piece of the radio station equipment that burned down like the mixing board. And we could see the ghost Doty and the ghost Phil Bushy together again, spinning your favorite hits in Chester's mill. Well, if they wouldn't have destroyed the radio station, then they could have gotten a better view of the dome because it would have been much higher than the fire tower. Exactly. Thanks, Big Jim. Back when you were the bad guy, now you're the good guy. I can't believe it. I'm actually going to say it. Big Jim, you're right. He is. Best line been... of the night. It was awesome. I could hear the dome cracking as Julia said it. Because <laughs> they're drinking some hard liquor. Oh. 
Uh, I think I think we're having way too much fun with this episode. We got to cut this off now. <laughs> well, only because we got to save stuff for the other episodes. I know you've got a special um, under the dome type event that you have going to while I'm at Podcast Movement in Texas. Yes, you'll be having fun talking to other people like us. Where I'm actually going to be at the Blue Box Cafe at 176 East Chicago Street in Elgin, Illinois. That's in the Chicago area. So if you are around and have nothing to do on Saturday, August 1st, that's a couple of days from the recording of this episode on July 30th, it's going to be a real great event. We're actually raising money. Like we said, every tank of propane we raise this season is going to help Ben get all of the things he needs. He needs ramps, wheelchairs, retrofit the house, money for the surgery. He's got stage four glioblastoma, brain cancer. I mean, the, the deck is stacked against them. And if we have any humanity left on the planet after this, you know, fireball, you know, we should be definitely helping out the family because it's our just cause. So we're going to be live podcasting with another Under the Dome podcast, the Chester's Mill Report, and we'll be on the air at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, and that would be 2 p.m. Pacific. And if I do it right, that would be uh, 4 plus 5 is 9 p.m. UTC. So 9 p.m. UTC, if you're around the country or around the world, you can basically pick us up there. So you can just go to underthedomeradio.com slash marathon, and that will take you over to all the information about all the podcasts that will be on this 12-hour marathon, plus the ways you can help Ben, of course, with his cause. That would be absolutely epic. If you guys can help out there, or of course, just do the propane tank donations right off of our website. Yeah, it's definitely a great cause. And in fact, since you first announced it last week, Troy, we have a couple of propane donations that are going to go towards the uh, support for Ben. So that's a great thing. We thank you for those. Yeah. And And since this place where you're having it is kind of a TARDIS, perhaps you could swing by podcast movement, uh, pick me up and uh, I could be part of it too. But I don't know if that TARDIS is one of the working models. No, I think it was hit by a giant purple egg meteor. Ugh. Unfortunately. Of all the luck. Of all the luck. What, we, what, what we'd really love to do is really show up with a pretty sizable check on Saturday to give to Ben's family. So if you're hearing this first thing Friday morning, August, uh, or sorry, July 31st, or even the morning of August 1st, as you're following up from the end of Ejecta, then you want to make sure that you buy a propane tank or go over to the under the dome radio.com slash marathon site. We want to make sure that we can show up with a good check for the family because the kinship needs to stay together and make it happen. Well said, sir. Troy. Well said. Well, you got anything else, Wayne, before we get out of here, you have to jump on a plane. I got to go make sure that the dome is still standing. That way we can get back together on Monday. Again, we're going to be a little, little delayed getting the full episode out, but it'll be a good one. We're going to talk about the five. Didn't know if you knew it, but there are five extinction events. And we will talk about each one of those independently in detail when we get back together with you later on in a few days. Now, is one of the extinction events uh, the Nielsen ratings? Oh, that'd be good. Uh, No, actually, unfortunately for you, it was uh, uh, malted milk balls. No more whoppers. Oh, oh man. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's going to be a busy next few days, and we really want to hear... Uh, I saw some little tidbits happening on the Twitters tonight, so I know that there's some great listener feedback that could be coming our way. So please let us know. And until that full discussion episode, I'm at Wayne Henderson. And I am at Troy Heinrichs. Glad my hope is up to raise money for Ben this weekend as we all in the kinship stay trapped here under the dome.
Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.